This episode of the Sticks and Blades podcast is brought to you by Quite Trill Radio, the best hip-hop internet radio show on the planet. If you know me or you train with me in the past, you know that I hate to train in silence, and that's where Quite Trill comes in. Quite Trill is the soundtrack to all of my training sessions. Quite Trill Radio has over 50-plus episodes that are about two hours apiece that are going to bring you some of the best in hip-hop, soul, and R&B, as well as underground hip-hop music. To listen, follow them on Facebook or Instagram at Quite Trill Worldwide. That's Quite, Q-U-I-T-E, Trill, T-R-I-L-L, Worldwide. Quite Trill Radio. another episode of the sticks and blades podcast i'm your host doug marsh and uh today's show it's going to be a little different we're still going to talk filipino martial arts but i wanted to address the pandemic the situation that we're going through with COVID 19 throughout the world and uh, i wanted to discuss it with a medical expert so uh my guest today he's a board certified family and family medicine uh he has a fellowship in sports medicine and he has several other board certifications And in addition to that, he's a martial artist. Uh, He's an instructor under the legendary guru, Dan Inasanto. So uh, welcome to the show, my friend, Dr. Alberto Almeida. How are you doing today, sir? Thank you so much. Really, really honored to be here with you, Doug, and uh, appreciate uh, uh, us trying to help everybody out and give some ideas for maybe uh, how to fight against this and how to feel a little bit more comfortable as we go forward here with our lives. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into all of that, uh, I just wanted to do a quick status check with you. You know, how, how's your family and everything down there? And you're in Brownsville, correct? Yes, sir. We're in Brownsville. Um, thanks to God, everybody here in my immediate family, we're doing good. But, you know, we have had family members touched here and there, as well as, you know, our patients and our community and everything. But my immediate nucleus, per se, right, my kids and my wife and so on, we're doing we're doing well, thanks to God. Yeah, that's excellent, man. That's that's really good to hear. So before we get into all the information uh, with the COVID-19 that we're going to cover today, I just wanted to cover the fun stuff because this is a Filipino martial arts podcast. So uh, I know that when we met, we met, I believe it was like in 2013 at the old uh, Kali on the Beach uh, trainings that we had with Chris Garcia, Guru Chris Garcia uh, down in Port Aransas, Texas. You remember that? Yes, I think that was that was one of the times that we met. I think we met even even before that, Doug. Um, we trained one time way back uh, with uh, with uh, 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 Tuhan Grand Tuhan uh, Leo Gahe in in Austin, and and one time in San Antonio, and then we did a couple of the of the beach things. So I've had the the pleasure of of training with you a couple of times, brother. So it's been great. Yeah, it has, yes, man. that was one. That, that's one of the memorable times for sure. Yeah, I miss those old Kali on the beach trainings. I mean, especially with everything going on, I, I need to be by the water. I haven't been by the water in shoot 
<laughs> forever, man. It's been, it feels yeah. like forever. Right. Aren't, weren't those awesome? I mean, great training and then the, the footwork on the sand and in the water and your mobility and all of those different drills that, that, that we do out there. They're just amazing. And the speed and the dexterity. And there's nothing like training in the sand and the water. I think it's just very good for uh, your strengthening your base and, uh, and the way that your joints and things react and uh, practicing in different, uh, in different terrain is, is always necessary. Yeah, so I know that uh, you've trained Filipino martial arts for for a while. How many years have you been in the game with the FMA? I, you know, I I I really can't tell you exactly how many years because I feel it's been part of what I've done from the very very start. Because uh, I, I started training very young, like uh, at around six years of age. Oh wow! And then uh, I, I so I'd say that w in nineteen in in 1973 i had, was had already been training for a few years and then i i saw enter the dragon at the aztec theater <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that just and that just kind of ingrained something that had already started you know i think that a lot of us are warriors even from genetics so my dad passed away very young he was like a c he was actually a cia agent but he was a judoka back in the 60s when people didn't even know what judo was he was already a judoka and uh and you know you go back farther in the family my last name almeida we actually have three three quarter of, three coat of arms to our name and one was from spain one was from portugal and the other one was from sicily mm -hmm. so you know if three different countries give you a coat of arms you must have been doing some some ass kicking out there or something yeah some some, some <laughs> so, degree of badassery <laughs> in the dna <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, so so there, yeah. yeah uh, since since that since then, I've been training in many different arts. So the Filipino martial arts, I think, is a basis of everything that I do. And and so really, what I have is just a blend. And uh, and the, that the idea of Jeet Kune Do that you absorb what is useful and take in what is your own, right? And um, make it make it yours. I think that 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 concept has been ingrained for me from a very early age. So I, you know, a lot of our, my friends that I taught and trained with me tell me, hey, but we were doing this MMA way before anybody even knew what MMA was. We were doing this way. So we were already, we already had that concept back in the 60s and 70s in my life, believe it or not. I'm 58 and I, I guess I've been training for 52 years and, uh, and I still continue every day. I'm thinking and how I adapt things and how I use my environment and you know, it's it's just a, it's it's just part of the the personality that I think that we need to have, and realizing that we're always a student, that, that we're always learning. Yeah, that's a big so, that's a big so thing. 50, so fifty two years is the answer, kind of on that. Okay, so <laughs> a long time, <laughs> a long time. You know, so yes, sir. I, I agree with you. You know, when you say that, you know, this is like a lifetime endeavor. But I'll take it a, a step further and say that. I think that martial arts, regardless of the style, is kind of the fountain of youth. You know, they, this is something that I can see myself doing well into my 70s and 80s and beyond. You know, as long as I can move my well, hands, you know, I'm going to be able to move, you know, train. You know, we're blessed that you and I, that we see that, right? We see that in our instructors and those who, who pass on their love and their skill to us. Uh, look at these guys. I mean, you know, we're still, th we're still thinking, oh, one day I want to move like them. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, we see, we see, we see Tuhan Milgaher, you know, Tuhan Inosad to move. And it's like, wow, I, I want to move that way one day. And they're already in their 80s, right? Uh, good, you know, well into their 80s and they're, and they're moving amazingly. So, yes, it is the fountain of youth because, you know, since I have this, I, you know, I, I tell people that my specialty is the 12th area of Kali. And the 12th area of Kali is the area of medicine and meditation and bringing these arts together. So any injury you fix when you're able to move that joint into its full range of motion. Uh, so, you know, there's some of my theories on healing and stuff that, you know, we can talk about in the future and whenever available. But so, yes, the movement that we do and doing that movement is just like a just like a door hinge. You know, if you don't move that door hinge, it sticks. And to make it move, you got to oil it and get it moving and moving and moving and then it moves well. And it's the same thing with our joints and our body. In just one day that we're sitting around, we can lose one to three percent or we can gain it. Depends which way you want to go. So making it part of your life and doing this all the time is the fountain of youth for sure, brother. I agree with you 100 percent. So you, you've had the opportunity over, I would guess, a few decades to train with the legendary Guru Dan and Asanto. You know, how did you end up hooking up with Guru Dan? Um, you know, uh, I, I guess since I I always idolized him since the very beginning with because I, I, I looked for the source at first. I wanted to obviously be able to train with Bruce Lee and I couldn't. So I followed everything and the ideas and things, and I knew of, of Guru and Osanto and so on, but I ended up going off into medical school in the 80s. Uh, and so that time that I was in medical school, I went and did different types of training in in, uh, in Taekwondo and the arts that were jujitsu and some of the arts that were available to me then. And it just so happened that when I came back to go to residency in the University of Oklahoma, that's where I did my family practice residency. I ended up running into a number of of, of people, uh, Mike Parker, uh, who is just legendary. Mike Parker is an instructor under Inosanto, very humble guy. Uh, and he is a nurse in, there at the university, but he's amazing. This guy's 50 something. And him, he's run a marathon in every continent on earth. Wow! But he doesn't train marathon. But he doesn't train marathons. Okay. He just he just he does doesn't it? run every day. No, he just does them. His wow. wife trains. His wife his wife trains the marathons. Okay, and he does you know Olympic lifting, and he's just amazing. He's a he's an Ajarn in Mutai, and he is you know a, a, an instructor under. Uh, in, with with Inosanto, in you know, so he's under Ajahn Chai, he's under Inosanto, he's under Francis Fong, just an amazing guy. And so I got, I got, somehow I ended up getting to work with him because I was, we both worked in the ER at that time. And we ended up running into each other. And so I was blessed to meet him. And he took me to Tulsa uh, one summer when we were going to go train because Guru Dan was going to come down. And so that was the first time that I got to train with with Guru Dan in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And from then I just continued following him the rest of my life as often as I could. Yeah. That's... So one day I'm so so one day, check this story and I'll try to make it fast, but this no, is No, no, go cool. ahead. Take your so time. One, take your time. One, one, one day I'm in Marina del Rey and I was training there with Guru Dan. And whenever I go to Marina del Rey, every time I go before I go to train with Guru Dan, it's like a spiritual thing. 
something cool happens to me, something just, because I really believe that there's a spiritual side to your life. I, I believe that each one of us has, is, you know, it's like the, it's, it's like that in, in Kali, you know, what, what's our symbol in a way, the triangle, right? The three, the three, well, it's the body, mind, and spirit. That's why it's that. That's the depth of the, of the triangle of Kali. It's the body, mind, and spirit. So anyway, so so when every time I traveled to Guru and he and that's why even though you know right there's Sifu, there's professor, there's guru, there's master, there's grandmaster, there's so many names that we call, right? But but for me, and with all respect to everyone, but for me, I only have one guru. And it's Guru Dan in Osanto. So even though he may be labeled higher things and so on for me he's my guru you know so mm -hmm. there's one but anyway so one day one day uh we tr we had a, a great class i go home and I, I well not home but i went to a hotel i always stay in a really nice place when i go there at marina del rey so um i i i, I stayed there and that night i had a dream and at that dream I, i'm at the base of this big mountain and I'm trying to climb the mountain. I keep slipping down. I keep slipping down. And I look to the right of me. And there's Guru Dan. And all of a sudden, he starts going up that mountain. And so I follow him up the mountain. Right? And when I get to the top of the mountain, there's all these gems and, you know, diamonds and emeralds and just all these different types of colored gems. And I start gathering them up and picking them up. Right? I don't know, that dream was so realistic to me that I was so affected by it that the next day I'm telling the story outside of the school before Guru Dan gets there. And right as Guru Dan gets here, I'm like all excited. I'm, <laughs> I was like a little kid. I'm already a doctor and everything, Doug, okay, by that time. <laughs> but I'm like a little kid. And and, I, and I'm, I'm like, Guru, Guru, I, I had this dream. And I tell him the dream. And, uh, and, uh, and he says to me, do you do astral projection? I mean, what a, what a strange question, right? Yeah. He says, do you, and you know, that's when you leave your body and you go somewhere else. And I didn't think a lot about it for a second. I said, I said, well, you know, when I was younger, I did a few times. I felt that I left my body and went out and came back, whatever. I've always been kind of a mystical believing guy since I was very young. And, and so... And then I said, Guru, you know, I've always wanted to be an instructor under you. And he tells me, you are. <laughs> <laughs> he tells me, he tells me you are. And I'm, I'm, and, and I'll talk to you about it later. And so that weekend, I became an instructor under Guru Dan. Of course, after many, 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 many years of training and following him and that he knew that, I, you know, I mean, it wasn't like just like that, but. That's how I became an instructor, which the beauty of it to me is that that makes me a second generation Bruce Lee student, because normally all of the instructors, there are a lot of the instructors that are under Guru Dan are instructors that have been brought forward by amazing instructors, you know, Yeah. that brought them forward and said, look, this is my student. He's been training with me for 20 years, and I believe that he's ready to be an instructor under your whatever, right? But Guru Dan made me an instructor directly under him um, for for whatever reason he chose, which I think was very honored by it. And, you know, I am still very honored by it. And I think it was just a cool, mystical thing in a way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure.
Anyway, that's my that's my story of how I become an instructor under Guru. Okay, show's over. We're we're done. <laughs> no I'm joking, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's hop let's hop into into uh, what what we uh, came here for, and that's to help people out uh, talking about this horrible virus. You know, so with uh, COVID nineteen, I can remember turning on the news one day, and it was kind of like a blip. You know, it was a uh, a ticker material. You know, the stuff at the bottom of the screen. You know, they're saying some virus in China. Blah 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 blah. And eventually uh, it got to a point to where I know here in San Antonio, we took some patients, we shouldn't say patients, but it was some people that were on a cruise ship and they took them to one of the military bases here in town and they, they were doing whatever they were doing. And then eventually this thing just kind of mushroomed out of control. And then the panic set in and people started buying toilet paper and shit and, you know, everything, people just started freaking out. And, uh, and here we are less than six months later, you know, in this position where we find ourselves, you know, so there's, there's the normal talk that we have with COVID-19 to where, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone around the world, they hear the same thing, you know, you have to wear a mask, you know, wear a mask, wash your hands, social distance and, and all this stuff. And if you don't do that, you know, you run the risk of getting sick and you can die. That's kind of the news that we're getting, but nobody, nobody's really talking about things that we can do as far as boosting our immune systems or, or, or other treatments and things like that. Why do, why do you think that is? You know, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, the people around, uh, the people around me are, I think are aware, but yes, you're right. I'm not, I'm not hearing it that much. And what you are hearing, there are a couple of good, uh, physicians here and there that I've seen little podcasts being passed around underneath the table by social media that actually are, that are pretty decent. But the, the scary part about that is that you don't really know what am I getting? Is this good, good, you know, good verified research? Is this real stuff or not or whatever? And it's hard right now. And I think and it's it, the information is not not out there. And you're right, people aren't talking about it. And that's why we're on today. Hopefully, we can give some of that good information and some good direction on what things to do on that. Um, I don't know how to completely answer it. I, I think there's a lot of political agendas going on both to the left and to the right. And that's another show just by itself. Right. Uh, but I think that really what we need to focus on is keeping ourselves healthy and you know my my politics is love, so it's just a little bit different, you know. I agree with uh, you. We train, we train for you know. You and I know because we train for love. Most people would think, oh, these guys are badasses and they're out there to kill somebody. No, we train for love, right? Yeah, love is and powerful. And that's how we have to treat each other, and that's what we need about it. I mean, it, it is. That's it. That's the that is the power. And so we need to treat each other with that. And that's what we're missing in everything politically and everything else and in healthcare and in anything and in anything, that's what we're missing. So right now, let's give our people some love. And these are the things that I'm recommending just to go right off the bat, okay? So I'm recommending to all my patients to use, if you're sick, start on vitamin D 10,000 units a day. If you're not sick and you don't know whether your vitamin D levels are high or low, I would say vitamin D, two to 5,000 units is good to be taking regularly. But along with that, I recommend that you go outside and you spend close to 30 minutes or an hour out in the sun 
really getting some sunlight because one, I think it helps to dry the lungs. Two, I think it helps power charge you and boost your immunities. A cool trick that most people don't know is that once you come inside, you should not take a bath for an hour because for an hour, your skin is still making vitamin D changes. It has something to do with your oil and sweat glands. And if you take a bath, you kind of get rid of a little bit of that. Wow. So wait about an hour, wait about an hour after you come in. It's just a little trick. Okay. If you take vitamin D, it's good to take it with some oil. I like to take it with, with omega threes because the fish oil does have anti-inflammatory properties. I'm not just recommending fish oil to everybody, but I think a fish oil is not a bad idea because it does maybe lower your chances of cardiovascular events. It might make your blood a little bit thinner, which isn't bad for this. And it's good anti-inflammatory. And I just take them regularly anyway. So I might as well mention them because you do get a synergistic effect when you take your vitamin D with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Vitamin C I'm recommending twice a day. And I recommend, I, li- I like using liposomal vitamin C because I can take as much as 1,600 milligrams twice a day. But you could take regular vitamin C and you can take 500 to 1,000 milligrams two to three times a day, depending on whether you're sick or you're just trying to boost your immunities. I'd say twice a day with that is good. Mm. And so I'm using one called liposomal, but you can use any vitamin C and I do recommend having it. I also recommend that you get your vitamin C from your fruits and your natural foods and so on. Uh, I use a lot of lemon and lime with my water. And uh, I'm a big believer in a tea that I think has anti, I believe has antiviral properties. But this is one thing I do want to bring up right away. I'm talking today as, as a friend. I'm not giving medical recommendation for each person that I'm talking to because everybody's so different. And you have to treat immune boosting and health and everything on an individual basis. So I do recommend that each person has their relationship with their doctor with for whatever, because even in this case, I'm treating different patients differently. Okay. But so I'll, I'll make a tea where I get like ginger, a piece of ginger root, a, a lime. I'll cut the lime in four. I'll smash the ginger root and I boil that up, steep it, and I make a tea. I'll also make like a, uh, like I'll get like the Vitamix and I'll throw in there a piece of ginger, a piece of turmeric, and then a whole lime. Cause I have a buddy who has some uh, like a lime farm. So I know they're organic. And so I put the whole thing in with everything in the skin because there's a lot of vi- citrulline and other vitamins in the skin and you get a little bit more vitamin C. So I actually juice the whole thing up. I put it in a shot glass and I put in there some cracked pepper. And I take that as a shot. You know, it's kind of like a, you know, like a ginger and turmeric shot that you'd buy at some health food place or whatever, right? Right. If you even you even look around and people call them flu shots or whatever. You haven't you seen those? Yeah, I've seen those around. Like the, some of the, yeah, you know, well, that's more or less what I do. But I do it with you know ginger, turmeric, and lime here at the house, and I crack pepper into it because that gives it more bioavailability. I like that. I use that myself, so. Do I recommend that to all my patients? No, but I do recommend the tea and I tell them what I do. But I do think that the tea is very good, especially in the morning. Sometimes you'll wake up in the morning when you have this, you know, when you have the COVID, you'll have a bunch of phlegm and stuff in your lungs. Well, drinking this hot ginger tea is good for a couple of reasons. One, it helps kind of break up the phlegm and, you know, you drink down the warmth into your your chest. It feels really good. Ginger has definitely anti-nausea properties and a lot of patients are getting nausea 
So the ginger helps you in a couple of ways. One, it's a, it's a traditional medicine tonifier, because remember, I'm an acupuncturist, so I'm mixing some of my medicine here, some Eastern and Western, okay? So the ginger ha is a tonifier. It's an anti-emetic, so it gets rid of your nausea, and you're getting some of the vitamin C from the lemon, and I think it really is good, so I recommend it, you know? And then the other thing I recommend is zinc, and you can use 15 to 30 milligrams of zinc. I have one called OptiZinc. And I liked it because it has some copper in it. And 30 milligrams of zinc is like the maximum you want to take. If you take more than that, you can have a copper deficiency. So I only recommend between 15, one five, and 30 milligrams. And this one is cool because it has a little bit of copper in it. It's called OptiZinc. So that works good. So the basis is vitamin D3, five to 10,000 units a day. But you need to be cautious because vitamin D is fat soluble. If you have vi high vitamin D levels, you want to stick with the lower vitamin Ds. Okay. Most of us are short on vitamin D. We don't get out enough. You and I haven't been to the yeah. state. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. So, so you, you brought up something early. So I'm doing the vitamin yeah, D. I, I am. I am as well. Five, 10,000. I'm only doing about 3000 right now myself. Um, and that's the only reason I, if you need it, you can double it. Mm, okay. Throughout the day, or are you saying if when you okay. need it? No, like let's say that some let's say that if you need it, or you feel you need more boosting, or you feel that hey, I I may have, and I really recommend you know what if you think that you got COVID, that's another thing that I'm recommending is that you get immediate treatment, uh, and that and and even though it I don't know why this is a freaking virus, but it's responding to tr to immediate treatment. So when I get my patients, I hit them with an antibiotic. And I'm usually using azithromycin or doxycycline. You know, sometimes an injection just depends. You know, I'm getting them on famotidine, which is just Pepsid, but it's been proven to reduce the viral count. So there's some things that as physicians we can do. I think that part of the problem is that people are waiting too many days without getting treatment or getting seen. And some people can just ride this through and get better, but some people are getting worse. I think we should just react and treat people. That's what I've been doing and have had good results with that. In other words, I'm not waiting to see if the test is positive to treat somebody. I'm uh, If I'm seeing that a patient's symptoms tell me that they're positive, I'm treating them as they're positive and I'm having good results with that. Yeah, okay? well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna bring up vitamin D again because you said about getting outdoors. Um, yeah. I was speaking with a, a physician, a friend of mine, another doctor, and, and she was saying, uh, as far as getting outdoors and the vitamin D, that our bodies, they basically have have like little areas that are like solar panels, you know, so like the back of the shoulders, the back of the neck. Um, so would you recommend if we go outside as men uh, to remove our, our shirts, at least that way we can get get more exposure of the sun onto our skin? Sure. No, definitely. I'd say remove your shirt, uh, you know, put on some some shorts. Um, you know, if you can be without shoes, just be careful, of course, but I think, yes, again, because those are areas that are sensitive, right? The top of the feet, like you're saying, the shoulders, hands. Yes, I would do that. And this is going to sound funny to you, but this is one thing that I think, too. And even though it sounds nuts, okay, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of uh, historical for thousands of years, how people, you know, you've seen the sun worshiping and looking towards the sun in the morning. You can't look at the sun because you're going to freaking <laughs> right. die. But there's certain times that you can, there's certain times that you can stimulate the pituitary gland by doing certain things. But if there's a 
there's a study into it. But what I believe is if what I believe is if you're outside, lift your head up because it's great for your upper back and your neck to bring your chin in and then flex your head back, okay? And aim yourself back so the sun shoots down your nose and down your throat. And do that for a few minutes. Don't freaking sunburn your throat and say, Dr. Almeida told me to stand them. <laughs> but, but do it for a little bit. Is it long enough time to actually kill a bug? You know, uh, is it, you know, can we argue that, oh, we're not, we're getting mostly UVA and we're not getting the UVC, which is the one that damages DNA, RNA. Yeah, whatever. You can argue what you want. But I believe that it's very tonifying. It's very fortifying. And I think it's good for those tissues to get sunlight that way. And by the way, uh, alligators open their mouth through the sun and we know that they do it to kill the bacteria in their mouth, right? Wow, that's, no, no, you, no, you, you just taught, you know that, but they you just do. taught us so, all something here, doc. <laughs> yeah, I can guarantee we don't know that. <laughs> a lot of us don't know that. <laughs> no, I, I can guarantee a lot of people don't know that. That's why mixing the martial arts and that's why I say that I have a specialty in the 12th area of Kali, and that's a mixture of medicine and the arts and med it's, you know, it's a lot of mixes. So that's where this comes in. But hey, I think it's very, very strengthening, very fortifying, and just do it in short doses and so on. And it's very good for your upper back and neck to look up that way. Keep your eyes closed, obviously, uh, so it doesn't, you know, damage your eyes or your vision and have, I'd say have sunglasses on and keep your eyes closed, right? right? Um, but yeah, I think that's an, I think that's a kind of a cool little trick or idea while you're out there and just do that while you're getting a little bit of sun. Why not? Can't be hard. The other thing that I really am recommending that you're talking about that now is actually the use of a neti mm. pot. And so the, the, the neti pot, you know, if, if you've been to Thailand or for us that are Thai boxers or so on, we know in Thailand, it's, it's something that they do a lot. There has been some studies that supposedly some of the numbers are lower there because it's one of their common hygiene practices. Well, I believe that obviously anything that's going to lower a viral count is going to be a good idea. So when you use an eddy pot, what you're doing is that you're washing fluids. You can't use tap water. You have to use distilled water because tap water can have amoebas and stuff, and that can be da damaging for your brain and sinuses, right? So it has to be distilled water and, uh, you know, or boiled distilled water, whichever. And it goes in this little like Aladdin's lamp thing, and you put baking soda and uh and a salt that comes with it and so you shoot it up one side of your sinuses and gently obviously and the water comes out the other side and it brings out any mucus or any problems that you might be having if you have allergies it actually lowers your allergic aller allergen count if you've got bacteria up there it's washing it out and if you've got viruses it's obviously washing it out right and a lot of people and then you can and then you do the other side and then you blow your nose so I'd say, hey, you know what, if you went out and you're going somewhere where you're concerned that you got in contact with somebody, well, why not go home and wash out your freaking sinuses? Mm, yeah. Okay. I don't think it's a bad idea, my brother. And so they're even recommending putting a couple of drops of betadine. Uh, betadine is like an, is a surgical scrub that you could buy at the pharmacy. I obviously would only put a couple of drops, but that's what they're recommending to actually clean out the sinuses better now. I've always done it with just, uh, baking soda and salt and i think it's a very good uh, good recommendation no that's that's you that's know? it's another thing that you can do <clears throat> no go ahead doc i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i would i would no 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 you did not you didn't no right what i was going to say is uh it's interesting you bring up the neti pot you know because in in my family you know we have 
all of us, we have some type of allergy problem. And, you know, there's an Eddie pot around. <laughs> Someone has one. And and so I never thought about using one of those uh, for for this, you know, as a as a preventative type uh, measure. Sure. And 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 will lower a viral count if there is any reason to do it. And at the same time, at least, you know, you're kind of cleaning out. I also like, you know, I like using steam. If, if you have a steam bath, you know, a steam room or something fantastic. But if you don't, you can just put a pot of boiling water, uh, you know, over the stove and get a towel and you can be doing inhalations if you need. I've noticed that people that end up getting COVID are very like really need to hydrate like crazy. So I'd recommend, you know, even put a timer and every two hours take four to eight ounces of water and do inhalations and eat, you know, drink teas and eat soups every way you can to get hydration if, you know, you're having to fight this. And that's why we're even recommending, hey, stay well hydrated. Well, if you're ahead on your hydration, it's good, right? Because if you're behind and then you get sick, catching up is going to be harder. So even though it sounds simple, oh, drink a lot of water and people may, you know, die diet, why not? Keep your tank full and, you know, I recommend when you drink water, drinking eight to 16 ounces at a time, because that uh, I think we were made to drink greater amounts of water at a time. It also helps clear out your kidneys, your bladder, everything better. Um, so that's how I would recommend you do it. Also, sometimes we forget to drink water, so might as well drink as much as you can when you do. Just some simple recommendations yeah. with water, yeah. but I think yeah. it's important. So. I was just going to touch on my regimen and get just get your opinion, because, again, you know, we turn on the news every day and, and it's just doom and gloom. And and to be quite honest, I, I I understand why they have to talk about like hospital numbers and deaths and all that. I get it, you know, but at the same time, you know, why not try to help people? So I started doing some research and in my regimen, what I do when I wake up, uh, I wish I had all the all the bottles of the vitamins and things that I take. I'm trying to remember, but I know I do take a, a vitamin D3 uh, first thing in the morning. I take about, what, 3,000 IUs uh, in the morning. And uh, I have the, what's it called, Mega Men, that multivitamin. I take that packet of vitamins. And there's another uh, immune boost booster that I use. Um, matter of fact, it's from uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's uh, company TB12. He has a uh, he has a, a a product called Protect, and inside of it, it has elderberry, it has vitamin C, it has zinc, and it has a couple other things in there that are uh, supposed to help your immune system. And uh, lastly, I there's a what's it called immunity? I can't or emergency. It's about a thousand a thousand uh, milligrams of vitamin C. I pour that in water, and I I have that. So that's pretty much like what I do within the first two to three hours of waking up. And and that, and that's and that's good. That's a good regimen. I mean, there's like some other specific things that maybe I I do in my regimen, right? And we and uh, and I think that everything that you're using is good. I don't see anything wrong with that. I like the emergency. I've used those before, and I, I like the their accessibility and all of that. And elderberry, I think, I think there's nothing wrong with elderberry. It definitely, you know, it definitely could, could be good. But, you know, we, we, we're wanting to recommend something that we can, or I'm trying to build up something that's just like, okay, this is what I basically mm -hmm. can recommend to everybody. I'll be honest with you. I myself, I take 
I take magnesium glycinate, uh, 400 to 500 milligrams at night. I think it's a good thing for almost everybody to take, to be honest with you. And lately I've started taking some uh, uh, methyl hydrofolate, which is kind of a uh, methylated form of folic acid. And it's good because it lowers your homocysteine and it might it's good for your CRP. So it's kind of a good thing for the heart, right? And I also take some allicin, which is a type of garlic, and I take K2, right? Uh, with my with my with my vitamin C and uh, my, right now my cholesterol is the best it's ever been and my HDL my LDL my triglycerides like in their 60s or whatever so what I'm doing is working very well but we need to kind of have something that's a simple basis for our patients what is it that I'm recommending for everybody right now for this and it's going to have to be vitamin D vitamin mm. C and zinc you know it has to be kind of that's sort of the basis right and then, and then from there, and then from there, we can add things that may be more individually to each person because we have to kind of deal, what is this person dealing with, right? Because some person may be dealing with diabetes, another one hypertension, one may not be dealing with anybody, but they may have a, ha a family history of this, or I eat this way or that way. So obviously what we need to try to do is one, is every person needs to try to be the healthiest that they can. And what does that mean? Well, we need to be eating a better diet that's lower in sugar, because I think this freaking virus loves sugar. It gives it a building block, you know? And I think that, you know, all the diseases that we have right now, obviously, are more sugar diseases. So I do believe that keeping a good diet right now, I'm a big believer in the uh, cruciferous vegetables and a, a bean. So eating some beans and some kind of broccoli or sprouts or anything like that, at each of the meals is good and get your weight down because you know what, if you're, if your belly is big, fortunately, just recently, I've this last year or two, yeah, you I've know, seen your I pictures. Like you look great. Pounds, uh, because yeah, I decided to compete, you know, thank you, brother. But it's not, it, you know, but it's, it, it had to, it was a mental change. It was a mental change. It's part of really reaching towards a, a different thing in life. And so I think that that's sort of what we all need to do because that's bringing your, you towards health. The bigger your belly is and the heavier you are, if you have a hard time breathing, it's yeah, going to be hard. I agree with that. There's less, there's less, there's, there's less space for that diaphragm so to move. So how important is exercise? And I'm so, talking so, just so, a little bit. So how important? So, so exercise, okay. I think, is super important. It's super important for why, for, for various reasons. One, because, yes, it's an immune booster. So at the same time, you obviously don't want to be killing yourself all the time. But every every person recovers. Every person recovers different. So you know you have to be able to recover. And as we get older, we do need more recovery time in a way. Or at least no, Doc, you, you're you're right on. I mean, some <laughs> some weeks because I'm, I'm like a, a big proponent of yoga. You know, I've been doing yoga for about a year now. And uh, yes, they. When I first started yes. out, it was like every morning at 4 a.m. I'm doing yoga. And then it went from that to the afternoon. And now I'm at the point to where I might do it two days a week. And in between that, I'm doing walks. I'm riding on my bike, my bicycle, or I'm like doing dumbbell exercises. You know, so that's about as far as I get in terms of exercise. I, I mean, I don't kill myself. I mean, I'm four. Yeah. That's fantastic. No, but that's fantastic. That's what you need. You're doing everything you need. You're doing everything you need. That's perfect. And, th and this is the thing, and this brings us back to our patients, okay? So right now, I think everybody needs to be doing preventative things for their lungs, right? So I'm recommending if you do get this thing, it's made a big difference with my patients is 
let's say that you know your lungs have this junk in them because you've got COVID-19. So four times a day, I recommend that you get a balloon and you blow into the balloon two or three times, and then you take two or three breaths, and then you blow into the balloon. It's positive pressure ventilation in a way. So since you're pushing against this balloon, it's opening up your lungs and your pulse ox actually goes up verified. So if you're oxygenating, let's say 90% and you blow on this balloon a couple of times, it can bring you up to 93, 94%. I had a patient the other day that was heading to the hospital to get to get hospitalized with COVID, very sick, 70 something years old with pre-existing conditions. And the family was scared to admit him and we managed to get him home. Fortunately, the family put things together. I, I praise the family about everything. They were praising me, I was praising them because the daughter came down with oxygen mm. from Houston, okay? All right, so the man could get oxygen at home. And we hit him with the, we hit him with the azithromycin, we hit him with Rosef and we hit him with dexamethasone. The next day I was talking to him, sitting in his chair with no oxygen on or anything, okay? I mean, just an amazing improval. So yes, it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom. There's turnarounds, you just gotta know, we just need to react and we need to do what's right at the right time. And so that's why I think that early treatment, like in this case was important. I don't know, maybe this antibiotics are helping either, you know, either they're helping lower the viral count, but also maybe they're helping to protect against the secondary infection that may be going on also and causing these pneumonias and bronchitis or whatever, but whatever it is, it's working. And I hit them with Pepsid 20 milligrams, which is famotidine, okay? I hit them with Pepsid 20 milligrams twice a day. So I have a, you know, kind of a sort of a cocktail that changes a little bit depending on the patient, but there are things that we can do and that we have at our accessibility that we can use to help us, like you're saying, Pepsid's an over-the-counter medicine, you know? I don't, you know, this, the, the scary part is this, all of us, none of us want to talk because all of a sudden we think everybody's going <laughs> to run and go out and freaking buy Pepsid, you know? And then there's not going to be Pepsid and then there's not going to be Pepsid and no toilet paper. Now we're not going to have Pepsid or four toilet paper. You know, it's just, it's just crazy the way sometimes we're reacting. But at the same time, yes, this is scary. Like you were saying, you know, you heard about this way back here. I was scared shitless way back then when you were just hearing about it. I knew what was going on. This started back in September, probably, okay? Not in October, November, December, like you're saying. This probably started back in September, maybe earlier. We don't know. There's all kinds of weird things going on that we could talk about. But the bottom line is that this thing is here. We need to fight it, and we need to survive, and we need to yeah. stick together, man. This is, this is all this craziness going back and forth about thisism and thatism and isn't, you know, shut the <laughs> front door, man love each other we're all human beings let's all stand together and hold each other in our arms man what and the think, heck you know it's and it's doc i think crazy. one of the things that, it's like they want to divide us bro i know it's like it, they want well, to divide it, us yeah, or something the, you know i mean it's like i agree it's with you i agree done. with you and and i think one thing that people they they aren't talking about is the fact that this virus you know it, it's going to be a part of our life uh, it's not going anywhere you know, so in my mind, the way that I look at it is, you know, of course, be cautious, you know, go out, you know, if you have to go to the store, wear your mask, do do all the basic stuff, you know, but at the same time, look long term, understand that it's not going anywhere, you know, um, so. Yes, yeah, it's true. It's true. You're right, bro. It's true. It's true. It's a sad truth. 
I'd like to just be able to hide in my cave, but that ain't going to work. We got to live. You know, um, it's just hard, but we have to, but we do at the same time have to be cautious and what's cautious and all the rules are freaking different. And nobody knows. And it just sucks that you have to social distancing. We're, we are aren't we social animals, right? It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. So, and, and, you know, it really breaks my, my heart is for our young people, to be honest with you. That's what really pulls on my, on my strings, you know? is our young people that were getting ready to do this or getting ready to do that. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I start with that one. But, uh, but yeah, it's rough. It's rough. And so right now we really need to forget about somehow all of this politics. We need to really stand together because you know what? It's about survival right now and people aren't figuring it out. And survival is not becoming a chaotic, massive mess, you know? Survival is learning to, you know, figure each other out, work together. How does this happen? How can we keep our families and ourselves safe? How can we move forward into a, a better life where we can all be happy? You know, I don't know. That sounds like it, such a better deal does. to me, you know, instead of this and that. Yeah, you know, we need to open up some new party, <laughs> yeah. you know? Anyway, We're about I should have been back in the... Oh. Oh yeah, I was born in the 60s. Well, you you brought something up that's pretty that's pretty interesting. You know, you said about uh people really not knowing what's going on. I mean, and that includes you know, people that are that are doctors, people that are the ephthalmologists, the scientists, the biologists. You know, it seems like every day we turn on the television, it's always something new about the virus. You know, about how now now it mutates and things like that. Yeah. And 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 they go back to the basic tenets. And, yeah. and, you know, just to reiterate what I was saying earlier, you know, nobody's having discussions like we're having right now, you know, about taking care of yourself, you know, uh, what what you can do to kind of offset the the effects of COVID-19, not to not get it, not to make you immune from it, but things that if it hits yeah. you, it's not going to take you out. All right. Well, let me give you let me give you an, an, right. an insight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that I think is that I think is uh, that I think is awesome. You should get your man if you can set up your shower to be a steam bath. Mm. I would do it. And so, believe it or not, I did it really cheap. But now I hate it because actually the freaking steam bath. Anyway, no, that's another <laughs> political mess. I'm not even going to talk about that. But 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 yeah, I ended up getting one at a good price, uh, a nine kilo kind of a steam generator and I set it up where little line goes into my shower. And so now I've got this steam bath in my shower and so I can set it up. And whenever I shower, I take a steam bath, man, no, it I sure bet it does. feel luxurious, brother. But, uh, but I think that, but I think that in this case, if I was, may God bless me never to it happen. But if I was to get sick, I think that would be one of the tools I would be using. Because all of that water vapor going into your lungs is going to help loosen up muck in there. No, you... I believe. So that's why I'm saying the steam over the over the stove is okay. Of course, make sure you don't start your freaking towel on fire <laughs> that's over your head. You know, um, take the take the bucket, take the thing of water off of the stove, right? But uh, but if or you know, some people can turn up their steam in their yeah, and you just turn the water real hot too. So there's a few different ways that you can, mm -hmm. yeah. I like eucalyptus leaves a lot. I'm like I said, I'm old school. 
I like eucalyptus leaves. I like ginger. I like like everything. I like lime for this. And I think everything that, that you're saying, like from properties. the steam to the neti pot, like this is stuff that my grandmother, you know, would talk about, and we we call that old with crazy lady uh, country medicine. But you know, those those folks were on to something. <laughs> and, and and I and and I mm -hmm. and I, I I call it wisdom. You're absolutely right. I call it wisdom. And so, you know, my, my, my grandmother, uh, when I was, because I wanted to be a doctor since I was very young, I actually have been doing acupuncture since I was like 14 or 15 years old. Um, and my grandmother had all of the natural healing herbal books. So I read those. <laughs> I was a weird kid and I liked to read. Uh, I guess we used to read a lot more now than yeah, right. people do from what I see, you know, but anyway, so I read all these books that she had on herbal medicines and stuff so that's something that i was able to incorporate easily when i did the acupuncture and all that so i think that there's a lot of power in these things so i do use like that like i told you that ginger turmeric and lime with cracked pepper oh my god i love that i love that it's it's, it's potent and the way that you do it is that you take little sips and you swish it around in your mouth and i believe that that releases more substance p which helps with pain and inflammation other things and when you drink it that way, Doug, you will feel like your eyes open up. And I think it's amazing for your endocrine system. So if you're having problems like with your salivary glands or your eyes get dry, it's just amazing for that. So I really recommend it. And with the cracked uh, black pepper, you're going to be able to absorb more of the turmeric. So it's very, very good. A, a good trick about turmeric and ginger is if you bring it home and you're afraid it's going to go bad, you can actually... Oh, wow. I never knew that. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to our show. Subscribe, rate, share, leave a review and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at South Texas Kali. Until next time, stay safe and train hard. Peace.